0: My name's Ed Piskor. I do a comic sh- uh, called Hip Hop Family Tree, and you're listening to Eleven O'clock Comics.
1: I think this week for me was the equivalent of last week for Jason.
0: Get out, really? Yeah, I find you a know a lot older. So that's an even bigger statement,
1: right? Um, no, I found something that just clicked on levels that uh, very few things have clicked, and I didn't. There wasn't the quantity of your consumption because I can't match that. I just. <laughs> but uh, quality, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I also caught up. I read something that you both read, and that was just amazing as well. It's going to be a good show,
2: I think, yeah. so. which is good because I have not read. I didn't read a whole lot this week. Um, and I, I I powered through some more Mortal Hulk, but um, just because I want to time it so that when fifty drops, I'm I'm caught up. But um, yeah, I just work has been not conducive to to reading, and I'm trying to do some other things right now. But it's it's yeah, I'm I'm just. But what I did read, I'm I'm happy with. But yeah, I, I, looking at your guys' lists, I'm, I'm stoked to
1: talk about shit tonight. Well, yeah, Al Ewing on Defenders. I mean some of the characters from Immortal Hulk look to be included in his roster for the Defenders. So, it mm-hmm. makes sweet. sense. It's all good. Yeah. And and this is hopefully going to be all good because it is yet another episode of 11 o'clock comics. We're going down the 739 trail. I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are and I'm everyone's current
0: R&B darling Givin
1: I got nothing. I, I I don't know who this person is.
0: <laughs> He's got a song, a hit song right now called "Heartbreak Anniversary." I love it.
1: It's great. Uh, um, Evion, like, oh, it's, Giv-
0: it's like if if you took the word "give" and made it into a transformer. Evion.
1: Ah, uh, 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 you're not Evian. You're, you're Jason Evian. You're Jason wood. Everybody here today on this. Glorious episode sponsored by dun 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 discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books getting fast getting delivered right to your home for a pittance, a mere fraction of what everybody else is paying. From Dark Horse, we have Aubrey Stitterson, who is in the running to challenge Colin Bunn as the dude that writes everything. Um this is called Savage Hearts, number one of five. Art by Jed the Man doherty I cannot wait. It's a $3.99 cover price, but you are super smart, and you're not going to pay that. You are going to pay $1.99. That's 50% off. Uh, the meat in the middle comes from IDW and Nick Bradshaw, written by John Lehman. This is called Bermuda. Fetching females, massive dinosaurs, jungle setting. What else do you need? Uh, $2, $4.99. Sorry. Uh, you must pay a premium for the good stuff. Uh, but you are going to take it to your abode for a lousy $2.49. And last, but certainly not least, Count Draco Knuckle Duster, number one of five. This is coming from Scout Comics. Writer uh, Peter Goral and Joseph Schmalky, of course, art by Joseph Schmalky. It continues the storylines established in the Phantom Star Killer. Uh, one shot and it is amazing. Uh, Dapp and I read it. We have a lot of fun with it and we're going to have a lot of fun with this. When it comes out, cover price is $3.99. You people can has it for $1.99. Yes, yes. DCBService.com does not mind late orders and they certainly don't mind order editions and you get your books tiptoed to your front door. Bam. Good sir, your books are here. Thank you, my good man. And that's your day. Your day's made because you've got a big old box of comics. Big Nothing old. is easier. Nothing. Stubbing your toe on the corner of the coffee table is harder than opening. Opening, ordering from Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Lead balloon. <laughs> 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 this is what the kids say. Yeah, I don't want to start things on a down note, but I'm hoping we could pick it up from here. But we must. We absolutely must. Note the passing of two. Two giant men. Uh, comic creators, uh, Landmark, uh, works from both of them. The first is um more in line with david and my tastes it's uh david anthony Kraft yeah has left us of course defenders uh he did a great manwolf and creatures on the loose uh but i think best known arguably best known for um his uh, long running comics interview zine which was absolutely always yeah. always, always 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 a treat and his name
2: was on the cover it was i mean it it was david anthony Kraft's comic interview and it was uh yeah i mean that's that's how i know him i do know you know he wrote the defenders i i enjoyed his time on world's finest which of course was superman and batman pre-crisis so they were more chummy uh it was a little bit more innocent type stories it was before the dark and gritty but uh yeah. but yeah that, that, that this one i was just I, I was completely floored when i saw the news
1: yep and in a weird bit of synchronicity one of the books i'm going to talk about tonight always has an advert for david anthony Craft's uh, comics interview compilations in it all mm. the, all the time yeah yeah but um and uh the second passing is uh mangaka Kentaro Miura, the guy that uh, wrote and drew Berserk. He was an amazing illustrator, uh, just a, one, a, a massive off-kilter talent. And it's just, it, he died really young. I think he was like 54. It's its just sad. It's a, it's a sad week in comics. But we, we need to pour one out, pour two out for these gentlemen who gave us um, so much. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I raised my well glass. Said, well said. Yep. so now let's get on with the festivities. <laughs> you guys, like you forget? <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> we forget. I sweat. No, I just I loathe dead air. I, I just because I know for a fact when I listen to something and someone yeah. stops talking and I just hear nothing, I'm just like, well, fuck this, I get,
2: no, I not, get out of there. You're not wrong. Uh what are you drinking Vincent?
1: Uh well, low man on the t- totem pole again. I'm drinking water. Just
2: water. Okay. That's Not that's even that. flavored,
1: just great spring delicious water, Tom. So. It's straight
0: from the, the streams of mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Nice embrace. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> well, we are bro- we are we are brothers from other mothers cuz I too am drinking water. Nice. Saved a dap. coffee while we were doing the bonus content, but I <laughs> that's I, I all gone. The, the coffees, so <laughs> and
2: yeah. he'll, he'll be pissing that out in another fifteen minutes. <laughs> or the uh, other end, knowing him,
1: no, nah, not with coffee. I thought coffee makes you toot poop. No, nah. wow, where was I? All right, Dad, my wh- my
2: grandfather's coffee could clear you the fuck out. That I know. <laughs> um, I it, listen. It's it's warmish. It's it's been hot the past couple of days. We haven't turned the AC on yet, but it's heat rises and and upstairs I'm I'm it it it's I, you can feel a little moist so tonight <laughs> I and I was for you I uh I made myself a really really nice whiskey sour and uh and I am uh well now I mean cuz we went long and hard just like Vince likes it on the bonus content so it's it's more than halfway gone now but after this is done I brought with me my um my soda stream bottle, so I have some nice seltzer following it.
1: There you go. You don't attribute, uh, you don't, uh, subscribe to the Thelonious Monk approach. Straight, no chaser. If that's,
2: okay. uh, it depends. No, it, it, yeah, it, it's, I've gotten to the point now where, um, it, it, it really has to, be, if I'm going to have it straight, um, it needs to be the the top shelf shit and and that's something I'm going to sit down and take my time with and um the the whiskey that's in this glass um it it's it's not bottom shelf but it's not it's it's not it's best made with with either on the rocks or with something added to it so um I don't mind straight but that's not We're doing it
1: tonight, right? Well, cool. Uh, y'all want to tag team on that one thing we all read? That one, one thing, yeah, tag
0: team back again.
1: I was super, super super surprised that, um, this touched me as as profoundly. I'm
2: surprised you read it actually,
1: to be honest.
2: Why? Um, it's not necessarily it. because of the subject matter, because of the setting, because of the whole—I mean, it's—I—I'm—I am a—I'm a fan of the movie Chinatown. Um, I love the whole noir aesthetic. I—I I can watch um, Bogart as yeah, Sam Spade or Philip Marlowe. I—I—I I'm, I'm, I dig my detectives, um, but there are certain there's certain um, genres that. I mean, I, I again. I mean, I, I I love that you you did read this, that you that you tried it, but that you also enjoyed it as much as you did. So I mean, well, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that you know I'm I'm am I'm, I'm surprised you. Yeah, it's weird. I don't want to really say I'm surprised you tried it, but it, uh, I'm almost more surprised that you liked it as much as you did.
1: Right. Well, I've been growing up over the course of this show this uh, all growns up yeah to you the like point quietly where
2: quietly and all red now yeah yeah
1: i'm i'm more inclined i'm much more inclined to read uh noir or or crime uh comics than i i was in the past like i wouldn't have given this a second glance maybe 10 years ago right uh but i have to attribute my love of the genre to brew baker and phillips like um, they softened me up to the point where now I'll, I'll just read anything. Crime. I, I won't poo-poo it. Uh, and depending on the art, I, I probably will read it, right? That's the, the, the hook for me. If the art uh, isn't up to what I consider snuff, then I won't give it my, the time of day. But this definitely was um, way up to snuff. It is written by Pornsak Pichetschot and illustrated by Alexandre Tenfenki. And this is color art by Lee Lowridge. It's called The Good Asian, number one of nine, I believe. Yes. Yes.
2: For nine is limit,
1: Um Before we get into the story, um, I didn't think it was preachy at all um like the specifics of the story I, I i expected it to lean heavily i don't know why i expected this but uh, there were a lot of people champion championing this book as um uh, especially in the current climate where uh certain groups of people are are being unjustly uh blamed for the maladies of the world right and uh, i i thought maybe it would be a little on the preachy side and 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 therefore that then i i would be turned off by it. but it, i don't think it was so i think it was a very natural um examination of the climate that existed in the late 30s i mean this th- there's nothing uh egregious about the portrayal. this is the way it was, right, and this is the way it still is to a certain extent, so yeah, I was grateful that it wasn't like you know you know you shouldn't do this because it's very, very bad and it, like that that kind of of um deliberate agenda going in. I mean, we know there's an agenda in this thing, and then that's to open people 's minds other than that i don 't think it was it was um by the numbers at all—that's the thing that really captivated me about it. It didn't play like, play out like I thought it would, which is great. Like I love being proven wrong by uh, creators. When 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 I can't like I, I'll go back to that that movie I, I watched on uh, Netflix the other the other day with Amanda Seyfried or whatever. Something happens in the in the fourth reel it's it's like a two-hour movie i was just like how do you come back from this like it, it it was a a plot development that just ended everything that came before like the the narrative just flipped onto a different track and i was like wow that's really ballsy like i never could have predicted that would happen and and i like not being able to tell where um a story is going because once you try and and figure something out, like that's why I, I didn't glom onto detective fiction before because part of the process of reading that type of fiction is you're trying to figure out the details with the uh, protagonist, right? You're trying to you're given the clues, you're trying to put the pieces together, and it's almost as if you're 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 looking at an equation, you're trying to solve for x right so the the separation between reality and fiction isn't uh is is very great when when you're try- when you're trying to be part of the process. if this makes any sense, I like the veil between myself and um let's just call it art to be very very thin, like I don't like to 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 realize I'm reading something or I don't like it when characters cookie-cutter and they act like a ton of characters that I've read before uh, and dialogue is so off-sounding that you know what I mean like I, I like to be mesmerized to the point where I forget that I'm inside a work of fiction D- detective stuff you're playing along and you're trying like you're you're deducing along with this person and, and it just it the, the separation was was um, way too wide for me but whatever uh, but this was amazing, uh, and I thought, I fig- tried to figure out why this thing felt so comfortable and so new at the same time, it, because of the art. And you know what I see in the art? Uh, a much more nuanced version of this artist, but a version nonetheless. I see a shit ton of Klaus uh, Janssen in the art. A ton of it. Like a a, okay. a a very more, a, a significantly more detailed Klaus Janssen, but like I say, more nuanced. But I see the the same framing, the same composition approach, the same uh, facility with the figures and the clothing and the, just the line work reminds me a lot of Janssen. Hmm. No?
0: I, well, I don't, I'm thinking about it now. I don't, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't picking up on that vibe as I read it. But I'm looking at it again now. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. I guess I did, but it definitely didn't didn't strike me that way as I was reading it. But I, I see where you're coming from.
1: It's very spare, in 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 sections like Klaus. Um, the the line is is super confident, but it's not late. Now uh, I want not call it lazy. It's not as laid back as Jansen's line. Like uh, there there are times when. I, I would have thought Janssen was on a very very strict deadline. He was just you know just getting it done, and um, to the sometimes to the detriment of of the 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 line work. But this just seems super confident, um, very beautifully delineated. Not not elegant, but but rugged as a, as a noir should be. I think a noir needs to have a certain dirty rugged. Uh, gritty aesthetic right yeah it's definitely scratchy in spots absolutely um
2: and that definitely works for for the tone of the book for for uh for what the team is is trying to
1: accomplish yeah and um i i love the fact that the the main character um is a is an artist as well yeah. um mr uh, edison hawk uh chinese immigrant and um a- at a young age he just just loved to draw and he the the thing that that character trait uh plays into something else he has a very meticulous eye for detail uh which if you're going to be a detective that's a good asset to have right um because there there are sections in this in this book where he's he's examining things and you get it's kind of like a daredevil uh uh mechanic where the things he focuses on are highlighted in in um much brightly colored boxes like somebody's arm with scratches on it or uh a lapel and you see it highlighted um with uh this this bright color and i thought that was a neat touch much like daredevil yeah, almost,
0: almost, right exactly almost like like an
2: x-ray or yeah
0: no yeah. i like that
1: that effect yeah, it, was,
0: yeah. it was very good it's perfect kind of effect for an investigative or, or detective story
2: it yeah. reminds me of something that uh that, that that ellis would have warren ellis would employ for one of his his artists it, it's it's there's a um there's there's comics i've seen in the past where someone where where is a fight scene happening, and and you see the person making the connections to, against the body, and 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 a bone breaking, and and yeah, and Andrea cool Sorrentino
0: like does it. it all the time in his okay, art. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I mean, I know yeah. I, I know I've seen it in 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 recent years, but uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a very similar similar gimmick, and and it absolutely works, and I think it's it's perfect for. I mean, it looks good in a when the comic has a fight scene, but here with a detective, you're able to because you can only it's a static image. You, you may not be able to tell if you're just looking at a panel what's going on without uh, the writer putting words on the page. But here, because of the close-up, because of the different colors of the boxes with the panels, it, it's you're, you're able to follow along like you would in a movie. Uh, it's,
1: it, it's a great use. I, I think yeah, it's
2: fantastic. But I, and
1: I also think it's something that you could only do in comics. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You, the, I mean, you could you could pull it off in 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 a a motion picture or 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 film where you know i've seen it done frank did it in the spirit where you know you focus on and i'm not saying he's the poster child for this technique (laughs) but um you know you you focus on a very very pertinent detail and the camera will, will frame it in a way where it's it's you know mainlining it like look at this this is very important but this technique as used in the good asian you that can only be accomplished in comics yeah and I, I thought it was great, and it's it's so matter of fact, and and instantly uh, recognizable by the reader. Like you know that this thing is important because it's highlighted in in a different, a much brighter, you know, contrasting color. And it's just like, whoa, okay. So I I got to take note of this because it's very important. I think it's just a great way to do it, um, and and it requires zero effort on the part of the reader. Like it's not there's no confusion at all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed, yeah, but I mean, it. I don't think it's an easy book to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I uh Pinchette show doesn't suffer fools. Um, you have a number of different storylines or uh, plot subplots uh, dovetailing together. Um, the the gist of the the, the matter is there's a millionaire named Mason Caraway. Uh, A guy that got rich on sugar. And Mason has a mansion, a gigantic uh, abode. And, uh, you know, uh, filthy rich don't clean their own homes. So uh, he had a number of of women under his employ, um, a couple of which, or maybe most of which, it's never really stated. But some of them were Chinese immigrants. And uh, he had a Chinese maid. Um, who actually was the mother of the uh, main character, Edison Hawk. And uh, he professed to this woman that I'll take care of your son, you know, when you pass. And the woman passed. And I think there's more to this story. I think that uh, Edison is actually <laughs> Mason's son. Yes, I yeah. agree. But Which uh, I believe that's
2: where also some of the animosity lies, because I believe Edison's son knows Right. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, um, yeah, I, I I agree with you.
1: Right. Well, Edison also had uh, two other children, uh, Caucasian. One is uh, Frankie, and we we don't n- uh, learn the the daughter's name, but for right now she's unimportant because she only pops yeah, up in it's, two panels. And I,
2: that, that's what I mean. Yeah, for, I believe Frankie knows, even if Edison doesn't know who his father is. Frankie, I believe Frankie thinks or believes that Frankie's dad, th- th- he believes that Edison is his half-brother, whether Edison knows it or not. And right. I think that's where some animosity lies, that he's he knows, I mean, he, he's, because of his privilege, because of Edison's ethnicity and background, he, of course, Frankie, believes to be, even though he treats him kind of like a brother in a way, he, he knows his, his station is elevated, and, and he kind of... I believe that he i think we're gonna find out that he may have rubbed edison's nose in it over the years and uh only because he does have some he there is maybe a tinge of anger because you know dad slept around and had other kids and uh looked out for them but i'm 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 true born i guess i'll i'll say but it's it's i'm going it's going to be interesting for me to see how their relationship how we've seen how we may see other aspects of their relationship or even flashbacks to them growing up. Um, I don't think everything was always so uh, rosy between the two of them.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot of love between the, the sister and, and Edison either because, you know, even as a child, she called him trash. You know, yeah. you're just trash that my dad lets stay in the house. And and uh, so um, Mason took uh, Edison under his wing uh, treated him like a son. Uh but um Edison didn't use uh Mason's millions uh as a way to further himself in the world because he he did it on his own and and he becomes um one of the first Chinese immigrants in the US to become a police officer. Yes. And, and then he uh from there he graduates to detective. And that's where the book opens. Um there's a uh, a detective his name's O'Malley and uh he's a, a a racist pig uh drops racial racial slurs constantly and uh doesn't have uh, a fondness for Chinese e- even though his uh compatriot uh, Edison is Chinese and is uh, has attained the same rank uh, maybe not stature but the same rank as as he uh he doesn't think twice to to drop the the slurs even in in Eddie's presence so the guy's just a, a an ass and um he has uh, a bee in his bonnet he's trying to find a man by the name of uh Hui Long some guy that's trying to to take over the uh the gangs of of uh Chinatown and uh he he needs to find this guy so it's when the book opens they're roughing up uh, a a chinese family and uh they he really wants information on this this hui long as, uh, and and that's when when edison notices that uh, as they're roughing up this family he he looks and he finds some details and the guy's got the 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 father uh, got has scratch marks on his arm and uh, there was something very suspicious about a plant and in order to save the man's son and his wife from uh, incarceration and probably a pretty good beating, maybe even uh, excessive beating to the point where the woman, w- you know, wouldn't have survived, he's he's guessing, of course, but he 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 outs the the Chinese man. He's like that guy's a, uh, an addict. Look at his arm; he's got mm-hmm. scratches on his arm. His stash is in the plant. Um, he would have lied in order to save himself at the expense of his wife and son. So he outs the guy and they take the guy away. And um, that's our first uh, inkling on the character of uh, Edison Hawk. He he will, do, he will go to extremes to do what's right, what he thinks is right. He doesn't like lying, uh, but he does in situations where the outcome would be worth the uh, transgression, and uh, we see that later on in the book, but um turns out that Mason Carraway had a maid, uh, another Chinese maid, with which he, uh, with whom he fell in love, and her name was Ivy Chen. And Ivy goes missing she 's just gone here today, gone tomorrow, right? And so Mason was in love with her, and he 's up there in age, and the the shock of losing. Um this ivy chen uh sl- he slips into a coma and he and he's he's bedridden and and frankie that's when Frankie uh contacts Edison, who was not in Chinatown he was somewhere else because as as dab said mason and and uh Edison became estranged at one point. We don't really know why uh the de- <clears throat> the exact details are not made known, but something happened. And the two parted ways. So Frankie um, gets Edison, knowing that he has a an amazing eye for detail, and he can root out um, the clues necessary to find this Ivy Chan. And hopefully, when she comes back, when if she comes back, you know Mason will pop out of his coma magically. We, um, I, I think it's a it is it, the proposal is kind of uh, it's a long shot. Right, like if the man's in a coma, the fact that you know you, you always see those Lifetime movies where someone touches someone on their deathbed and like, oh, I'm okay, I'm 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 back, <laughs> you know, like I it's it, it's it's a pipe dream, right? But I mean, I guess when you're desperate, you you'll clutch at anything, to uh, because Frankie does love his dad, even though it seems that it, well, it doesn't seem it's stated in the book that Mason may have devoted more time and attention to Edison than he did to Frankie right mm-hmm. yeah and and like like dap said again, uh we're guessing that frankie um he may play into the more nefarious side of this story once it develops. I'm guessing um you know the your enemies are always a lot closer than you think, I guess, but so I mean that's the the, the story in in a in a nutshell, we're trying to find uh Edison's trying to find this ivy there's a detective who has a real hard on for this this criminal and um as the book uh the issue comes to a close uh they're rounding up uh, a bunch of of chinese on the on the street just trying to get information on this long character and uh edison sees this kid and he's a uh, chinese young chinese boy and he's sitting on on steps and, and he looks really really nervous like extremely jittery because of all these law enforcement officers on on the scene and uh edison questions him and he's like you know I there's something in the basement and i don't want them to f- you know you, you got to see it and it's uh it's a bloated disgusting maggot ridden corpse um and it's been there for a while because the, the skin has changed color to the point you know where it's discolored you can't really tell what um uh, you know w- what the person was uh until he looks at the fingertips and i learned something from reading this that when a body decays the discoloration of the skin progresses uh the last part of the body to to change color are the fingertips and the, the fingertips uh proved that this uh deceased was caucasian and uh when found the deceased had a hatchet in its in his forehead and that's a sure sign that the the a possible sign that the tong was behind it and the idea that uh you know chinese killed a caucasian at this time would not go down well for anybody uh that was chinese so um that's where uh the point where edison's pulled into another Mystery and there's mysteries laid on mysteries and uh, it's it's it was just mesmerizing to me. Like I would never invest this much time and attention and brain power uh, in something as as I think complex as this if if I didn't find you know the whole package to be uh, just extremely compelling. I, I thought it was wonderful. As much as murder and mayhem and racism can be wonderful, I, I it's not the right word. Um, I thought it was extremely, extremely well done. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with that. I think I think that's the for me the right way to say it, which is that it's really well executed on all fronts. Um, I, I I was a huge fan of of of, uh, of his last book, *Infidel*. Um, listen, I think it was his last book. Yeah, yeah it, was, he, it was. Yeah, I uh, really loved that. I think that was one of the better horror comics to come out uh, at the time in a while. Um, you know, th- this this is not uh, this is certainly not my genre. Um, you know, I'm I'm unlike Dapp I'm and, and our boy Cliff. I, I'm not one to uh, turn on Turner Classic Movies, and uh, <laughs> when I see you know Humphrey Bogart on the screen, I'm I'm likely to click on over and keep going. Uh, so the the setting, the the motif, all of that, not a draw for me. Meaning, like I I, I certainly not something that's that's going to put a book. More in my favor than than not, um, but with that said, as Vince much more eloquently than I could have said, I I think, in spite of this not being a genre I normally would 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 gravitate toward, I I thought it was very well done and compelling, um and and I am intrigued to 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 learn more, you know, um and and I agree it wasn't preachy, but I did, I think one of the reasons that I wasn't just totally zonked out on this. At the start is that is the fact that it is very much dealing with the uh, the anti-Asian culture that existed back then, you know, um, and, and I think it's incredibly well timed, right, with 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 a very well deserved and and needed uh, push in the last month or two on stopping Asian hate and, and, and and Asian Pacific Islander awareness that's going on this month. So I, like, I think it's all, I I presume that that was a coincidence in the sense that I'm sure they're working on this book for a long time, but I, I definitely feel it adds like a timeliness to it, even though the book is, is a period book. So yeah, I'm with you, Vince. Like I, I, this is definitely not a book that if, if like, I'll be, I, I didn't pre-order this book. Um, but then Caleb was gushing about it. A bunch of the other people were talking about it and, and uh so i i spur of the moment bought it from comiXology um so yeah i I, but i I very much yeah i liked it a lot i thought it was it was it was uh it was definitely a pleasant surprise for me because because i wasn't going in expecting to to be be uh as impressed with it as as i ended up being
1: yeah i i think um it proves that good solid creation um connects regardless of of genre right um i'm sure uh, that some of the things that you are more inclined to read and we joke about it all the time like a young girl coming into terms mm-hmm. with her sexuality mm-hmm. like if, if the story's you know well done and the and the art is is uh, accomplished then why wouldn't it click it's just our our prejudices oh. that we have i mean to stay on topic with this with this book we have certain bias and and, and prejudices about you know certain genres and regard if the stories are really good then they should they should connect or resonate regardless of of the the theme of the thing is is what i'm saying i i, I shouldn't be surprised i really shouldn't um yeah i don't want to i don't want to you know stick my my hand too deep into the pile but <laughs> I, you know i think this was um spectacular it's one of the better things i've read in in a very very long time and there there are nuggets there are mysteries unstated like how did edison get his scar (laughs) you don't know but i'm sure i'm sure we will know but now i'm i'm uh, uh, you just look at his face and you see that scar And i'm like i need to know how you got that scar my man because he's real to me I mean the the depiction of this character was so vivid that uh, he's uh, to use a, a much overused term he's real. I, I wouldn't blink if if he stepped out of the page into the real world. Like he he's every bit as vivid. He would be every bit as vivid as this this flat two dimensional bunch of lines. Uh, like this is magic uh, creation here. It's just great. Yeah, I I, um,
2: I was looking forward to it. It was in my previous video. I uh, I, I read the uh, the image PDFs when it, it came out. Um, was happy to see copies on the shelf at the shop, so that they they ordered it. Um, I I am I'm definitely in for uh, for the duration, and I am going to um, check out infidel when i can um based on this because i didn't read it I, I know that they've worked together in the past so um i uh or well he's the, the bulk of the creative team uh worked on um infidel as well um but yeah i uh i was pleased i, I it, it's and it, it's it's a situation where i kind of had high hopes because if, if you're going to call the book the Good Asian and and I didn't pay too much attention to the solicit. I, I did check out the preview pages because we got three or four of them in in the catalog, um, and and based on it, I was I had pretty high hopes and expectations, and it and and it delivered. I uh, definitely was not not disappointed. Definitely recommended uh, if you haven't checked it out yet. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait for that second
1: issue. Yeah, uh, if the level of quality of the first issue reverberates through issues two to nine Mm -hmm. this is going to be one that you're going to want to have on your shelf Mm -hmm. i I really think come you know award time next year if this means anything to you uh you're definitely going to see the good asian on it without question yeah but who knows you know they may shit the bed halfway through i'm just saying if the quality Remains consistent. This is going to be one for the for the the archive. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We may get a Camelot three thousand and and have to wait sixteen years for uh, between issues.
1: Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't think the the Camelot three thousand is going to be be a factor. No. Gotta hate that book. I know. I, I really hate it. And it it wasn't, it's not sour grapes like, oh man, you guys took forever to finish this friggin' thing. I just think it's bad. (laughs) I I think it's trite and just bad. Brian Boland art aside, I just, bleh. No, no. You have
0: such a hard on (laughs) for. three thousand. is so it
1: stinks it's not good and it had such a reputation even back in the day oh man camelot 3000 is the hotness we didn't say that because that word wasn't invented back then but i just it's nasty it's not good it's not good at all sorry fans of camelot 3000 i just both of you yeah all two of you sorry mr and mrs bull sorry,
2: sorry mike and brian
1: yeah really i don't even think mike likes it
2: Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, what you got, uh, Jason? <laughs>
0: I, they say that uh interesting work is something that sticks with you even if if you can't say you you liked it per se. And and I can't since I read it uh today, I uh, early today. I I it, I can't get it out of my mind, which is probably problematic. So I have to I have to to, I guess probably the one of the uh, the it books of the week. I have to I have to bring Red Room Number One to the table.
1: Oh, don't go too deep into it.
0: No, well, listen, this is not a plot driven book, so I, I don't I don't I don't think we have to. I'm not going to spoil you there. Um, I, yeah, for, for Red Room Number One is the it, it's 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 a it's Ed Pisker's new book. Um, I believe if you are a patron of eds you've been able to read this uh in in a web comic form uh for the last few months he's been posting it uh i think page by page uh but i'm sure that's a lot more people are reading it like i did which is in issue form from fantagraphics it's a, a big issue it's uh, like over 70 pages so you're getting your money's worth it's a 6.99 book too but but i do think it's worth it i mean it's it's he's not you're not you're getting plenty of content um you alluded to it a, a a little bit ago when you saw a preview of it, Vince, uh, a month or two back. Like it is, <laughs> um, it 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 is a incredibly, like, incredibly gory, violent, pu- puerile book. I mean, by design, it, it, it is Ed's look at uh, the darker side of humanity, and. The premise is, is, is simple. Uh, like I said, there's not a lot of plot here. It, it the, the 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 idea of, of a red room, for, for those that don't know, and I don't blame you for not knowing, um, I, I guess it's uh, – and I didn't know this in, until I, I read this book. Uh, it, it is a catch term for places on the dark web where you can, I guess, see murders. Um. And it's apparently a real thing. Like apparently this thing that, that that concept exists actually out in the earth that we exist, the, the reality we exist. Yeah, in. it
1: definitely is a real thing.
0: Okay, so yeah. So and I guess as, as it goes, you know, we've all heard of snuff films back in the day where there were these alleged murders that would be put on VHS and, and people would, would 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 trade them or acquire them and but they were illegal type of thing. So this is the modern equivalent of that, and as Vince said I, I, I by all accounts it's a real thing. Um where people go on the dark web and they pay obscene amounts of money and they get to see murders like torture and murder. And that's what this book is about. Um, it, very graphically and unapologetically. So I, I put that out there because this is not a book that's going to have universal appeal, right? This isn't Jeff Smith Tukey where we're going to all talk, read it and talk about it and everyone say everyone needs to go out and buy it. Right. <laughs> this isn't uh, Wicca where we're, you know, I said, Anybody, anybody that's listening should give it a try. This is a thing where you you have to be of a certain, you have to have a certain willingness to to be able to to take in this kind of thing, and and I I expect it's a very limited number of our listeners. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, I I uh, I think for me you have to be in the right mood. Um, like I read it in the early in the in the middle of a weekday, I, I which I think was the right right thing um i presume it's totally up vince's alley aesthetically uh dap i think it's probably not at europe alley aesthetically um but the thing i'll say about ed you know we 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 have uh many times over the years gushed about his work whether it it be what he was doing with the x-men and and obviously with hip-hop being the thing that that i most cherish that he did but but you know, he's also done other things like WYSIWYG and the like, where where I, I will say that, that in the weirdest way reading this, I, I give him credit because in spite of it being like unabashedly cringy and 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 I think it's it's designed to to disgust you. I think if you're reading it, he, he wants you to be disgusted by it. It was educational. Like it was in a weird way, like I'm like, oh wow, this is like it does introduce you to this tiny subset of 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 the human populace that have these puerile desires and i I think it's the same kind of thing that makes us love a lot of people love true crime podcasts about mass murderers and what makes us fascinated with 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 watching documentaries about serial killers i I th- they and i I'm not a psychologist so I can't tell you what it means uh, about us that we're all that we can be fans of that kind of thing. Like I don't know if that's a bad thing or if it speaks to some kind of like I don't know. I don't I don't know if there's there's anything subtext to it. I, I don't know that. But I will say that uh that that I read this and each page I was like disgusted by, but I kept reading it. <laughs> and um I think I assume that's what he wanted, you know? And and I will say that structurally speaking, as I understand it, it's it's somewhat of an anthology. Um, and the 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 mechanic of the story, and I'd love to talk to him about this directly. The mechanic of the story, to me, very much had a stray bullets vibe, where you're introduced to these characters in different settings at different periods of their lives, and much like Lapham, he doesn't suffer fools. I mean, he's not giving you uh, cut editor's notes or anything like you 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 kind of have to get a feel for it and you start realizing like oh this happened before okay oh this is a different point in the person's life um and i like that i like that just like i very much like straight bullets and not unlike straight bullets that you know straight bullets is also a very a a book that's that's that looks at the darker side of humanity but i will say this is a far more graphic and uh, book than 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 straight bullets is um in, in in many ways uh, but I, I listen, I, I can't tell you, like, I, I can't say, like, I enjoyed it. Like, like, I, you know, meaning that I'm like, I'm not like, holy shit, like, this is, but I was absolutely fascinated by its existence and the execution of it. And, um, you know, I, I know that he has already done, he's already drawn seven issues of it. And I believe he said he's, this first arc, in as much as there's an arc, it's going to be 13 issues. So, yeah, uh, I'm probably only appealing to 5% of our listenership with this, but it, it is, you know, it is, it is a sight to behold. But it did leave me gobsmacked. Like, it, it did make me wonder, like, what why, is it, why did I enjoy reading that? Like, what's the matter with me? Like, what does that say? You know, and I liken it to the same reason that I can watch a Saw film and get something out of it. That's probably a bad example. The Saw movies are terrible. But you get my point. Like, that kind of film, like. You know what I'm saying like like that kind of ho- like 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 graphic horror films you know I I have always been a fan of those so I don't I don't know why but there is something about us that uh, when I say us I mean a lot a, a big collection of of us that somehow can uh, can find that kind of fiction appealing and uh yeah I found this appealing in a very off-putting way like I feel naughty for saying it and I you know <clears throat> I uh I I I I, I feel I'm gonna feel weird having these issues like in my house. Like I this is not something I'd want like one of my kids to see and like I feel like if they if they saw that I had it they'd be like, What the fuck's the matter with dad? Like, it's
2: like, hey no, no, don't he's like, Listen, move don't don't read Red Room, hand, hand me that
0: copy of Druna. Listen, Druna, I think you read Druna <laughs> and you get it. Like you're like, All right, this is hot, hot big big breasted women having sex like that okay i get why my dad would be into that like i don't think that's i think that's no my point is like i don't think no but that's
2: but but i'm but i'm also mentioning that that because that that, that's just the way this world is right now is that like we're fine in in other media we're fine with 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 the graphic violence and and even with the language but 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 don't show no tit don't 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 show nothing this
0: is the opposite i mean i I think it is and i think that 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 if you're going to do a book about uh the dark web and uh, and 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 murder rooms like it has to be grotesque and over the top, right? Sure. Like and, and so I think like Ed's all in with the book, but man, oh man, like it is it is a, a disturbing thing. It, it is a disturbing thing. I, I I, um, and and I think too the other cool thing is is he pulls cryptocurrency into it, you know, which I guess is probably the way it works. I mean, they people pay just like people pay. They tip. They pay. While they're in the room with cryptocurrency, and and, uh, and I, you know, that's the premise here. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I guess that would make sense. Like, is it's again untraceable or, yeah. or anonymous? That yeah, that
1: be- that is how you pay.
0: <laughs> you speak as if you, <laughs> no, <I'm> not, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So like, listen, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the right adjective for this. Like, I, like, I, you know, like, I guess I wouldn't have spent this lot this long talking about it if I wasn't recommending it. But like, I'm recommending it with a lot of caveats like like understand I want people to understand that before they even open up a page of this what you're going to get you know this is a this is a niche thing for people that have a stomach for this kind of thing and can find something beneficial from uh graphical depictions of acts that that in in our lives we would find aberrant to know even are real
1: right A couple of things about this book. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that the preview images, um, and I've read some of it as Ed was releasing it, um, the the thing scared me. Because, uh, like you said, it has a, a, a grounding in reality. Things like this do happen. Maybe not to the extent that Ed portrays it. I mean, cause there's some outlandish stuff in, in the part of the first issue that I read. I have the, the book coming from, from our sponsor. But um, it really scared me. I found it dangerous and uh, to the point where I was unsure about what he was doing, why he was doing it, and why should I order it? And then I thought, I, of all people, welcome – the the chance to be pushed over that threshold right to be forced kicking and screaming into observing and witnessing and experiencing things that i wouldn't willingly do or view right that's me that's who i am i love the the transgressive i love the outrageous and the over the top and uh grand guignol that's me so i thought well i'm being ridiculous and i put it off i put off ordering it for so long that the cutoff on the first issue had passed and uh, issue number two came up uh for order and i and i sent uh, dcbs a message saying yeah i fucked up again can you add red room number one to my order i ordered issue two so now i mean i'm i'm locked in um for this book but if you look at everything ed has done to date right i think he would agree with this with, with with this assessment of his character ed piscor is extremely obsessive compulsive when when he latches on to a subject that he finds fascinating he needs to know everything about it he wants to take the red thread and Map out all the principal players in that thing that he loves, and draw the lines between each one, how they relate to each other, uh, the origins, the, the the interconnectivity of all of these things. Like he is extremely immersive in whatever he finds fascinating. Look at WYSIWYG right? Um, he loves comics. He loves hip hop. The the hip hop family tree is a dissection of comics via hip-hop like it's insane look at his x-men thing right how he just chopped up and cross-referenced and played out all of the events in that particular span of x-men history that he found so compelling and he just showed how it all related to each other and 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 what made it tick and everything i think that's what red room is i think ed looked at this phenomenon that's going on in the dark web and said man that's fucked up i need to know more about this and he jumped in head first and became super obsessed and he made us you know uh made a narrative out of it that's this is just ed being fascinated by something and to our benefit right you know um he needs to know he needs to understand and i think um this is just another one of those iterations where ed is understanding his subject matter through um manipulating manipulation of sequential arts what he's doing i don't i did find it surprising initially if you go back and um you know look at my previous videos i'm like what the hell is ed doing this doesn't make any sense i don't get it it's scary help right but you know when you take a couple of minutes to try and figure out what he's what he's doing or at least from what we know of the man trying to try to put the pieces together i think this is just another permutation of his fascination with something that he just consumes it
0: yeah yeah i right i i don't i think you're right i, I none of us are psychologists so but but in as much as as we 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 air quotes know ed you know we've we've obviously had him on the show and I've done panels with him at Heroes, and we've talked to him a lot. Of, so you know, I, it's not we're not completely coming out of left field trying to figure out the guy. I would agree that that based on what we do know of Ed, and uh, you know, I I guess we call him an acquaintance more than a friend because because I, I don't want to I don't want to like overstep. But uh, yeah, I would agree with you. He he does definitely appear at least when it comes to his professional stuff to be obsessive compulsive, right? right? Because he 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 has been he is all about the, the details, man. And I think you probably even see that with with their approach to to kayfabe, right? I mean, it, like, oh, exactly. Like yeah. Once he's in, he's in. Like he's he's all in on whatever it is that he's doing, you know, right. to the
1: point of, of of
0: of at least mastering it, and then he gets out, right, right. and moves on to something else.
1: Well, let's be honest. The approach, uh, the kayfabe approach, is to scan old episodes of Eleven O'clock Comics and find out what we talked <laughs> about ten years ago, and then talk about today. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you know what? Get him, get him on the horn. Get him on. Let's let's have him on. It's it, he. He's been here before. Right on. Yeah. But yeah, I can't uh, wait to get this. Um, and and actually, it it dovetails nicely into the book that I want to talk about in a little while. Oh Jesus, everyone!
0: <laughs> wow, back back to back uh, 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 torture porn uh, books.
1: <laughs> uh, well, it's not porn, but there's a, there's a lot of bloodshed in it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Dap, what you got? <laughs>
2: Deb, talk to us about the super sack. No, yeah, no, we need we right, need yeah, it. Let's uh, Let's lighten up. How's that, Archie? No, I think we need uh, a
1: buffer. We need a buffer in the middle. Yeah.
2: All right, so I will um Oh, well no, I, all right, I don't want to bu- Yeah, no, this is okay. Um I read something that I was really looking forward to. Uh it's it's weird. Yet yeah, it's 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 a buffer. It's not necessarily something I think would be a Vince's Alley. Um it's I, I got the preview for uh Little Victories, which is published by Titan and uh it was initially announced solicited um right around when COVID hit and then uh it was it was announced again, resolicited uh, a few months ago. So it's it's um it's finally coming out, but um it's it's a uh, it's a translation because I believe the original um, is in French, um, but it's the, the the actual title is uh, "Little Victories: um, Autism Through a Father's Eye." So it's basically it's it's, it's more or less a uh, an autobiography of um, of a father and uh yvonne roy and it's the story of his son during the early years of of his son's life and um the art is fantastic i i um i decided to request the uh the pdf because i didn't know how um After reading, um, there was another, uh, I I think it was from Europe Comics. I read another book, uh, recently where, um, no, no, no. The Adoption. I read The Adoption recently and it, it, it kind of reminded me of that where, uh, it's just, it, it's more of a slice of life, real life events, uh, it's, it's just kind of put me in that mood, but, um. Roy's art. I really like the art. Roy, I'm not sure if there are any liberties between Yvonne Roy's real life and the character um, in this book. Um, The father in in the book is is a cartoonist. He's an artist. Um, But he and uh, and his girlfriend, uh, very much in love, they have a child. And they're... you see there there are moments where where, where the book is kind of sexy uh the uh the 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 they they have a very active sex life they're not uh, they're not shy about that but you see when the um when the child is born um that they notice that they, he the, the boy is not um Oliver's not all that responsive to, to, to what they're doing. And, um, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't really play or laugh. And, uh, so, so they're a little bit concerned and, and it turns out that, uh, that, that yes, yeah, so he's on the spectrum. And now, now, now Yvonne is, is wondering, you know, if, if he did something, but the way they, the way Yvonne illustrates the tale, um, he tends to exaggerate in some instances, like like, like the panel where he finds out um, when when mom comes home and and says, you know, I went by the center, I picked up the the report from the tests, and uh, and Oliver is autistic, and you just you you see you see Yvonne react. He, he he's reading the paperwork, and and a single tear comes down, and and he wants to say something. But then the panels change to 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 a wide panel um and and Yvonne's sitting in a chair on a hill looking at over a city and then the panel underneath it same wide panel now the city is 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 crumbling down so instead of actually saying it or 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 putting to words what what he's feeling he's showing you um through his illustrations and uh there are times where the doctors and and uh, and teachers are are talking to him. Where you you see him kind of shrinking in his chair. Um, again, just illustrated. And and once you get once he kind of um, once once Dad overcomes any of of his problems with Oliver's. I don't want to call it a handicap but 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 with Oliver's disability um he kind of has he kind of has his own breakthrough unfortunately uh there's there's a really great page where you see the breakup between Oliver's parents um and and so mom moves out and and uh over the years she, we find out she she ends up with with someone else and Yvonne kind of uh he, um, I mean, his name is Mark in the book. I, I keep saying Ivan because it's because it's, it's the author. But uh, you know, Mark is moving on with his life. The, you see more times. Most of the book is Mark spending time with Oliver. There are times, or you never really see Oliver at home with mom. It's basically all just through Mark's eyes. And uh, whenever, whenever mom shows up, um, you know, it's usually with Oliver to spend time with Mark. Um, But the uh, seeing how Mark handled his son's issues and, and how he overcame them. And I mean, little, little victories is, is, is extremely apt. It's, it's a very fitting title. Um, But you see, you see, and, and as someone who hasn't raised a child and, and wouldn't necessarily know how to, I don't know how I would handle, a situation um, I mean if you're forced into it if, if, if it happens you, you deal with it obviously but um, you know seeing, seeing Mark react to his son's surroundings and uh, his son's on a swing and then he falls off the swing lands in a puddle and he's covered in mud and and the woman at the park standing next to Mark is like oh my goodness I can't believe you let know, you, your son play in that puddle and Mark just starts laughing and, and now Oliver looks at dad sees dad laughing and oliver starts laughing so so the way um he kind of goes against the way some of the other books the other teachings have said how to handle your children uh and and he's he's done his own done his own research he's, he's done his own um, experiments for lack of a better word uh but i think just seeing how mark handled it and and how he worked with his son so that they could both they could both live with it. He, he's not cured, obviously, but uh seeing the other as he you know, he ends up going he, Oliver says to, to one of his teachers from when he was younger, you know, I'm going to a real school now, like 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 with kids with no problems. And um he he's by the end of the book, or at least at the end of the preview I read, uh he um he is you know, you wouldn't look at him or or see him behave around other children, and and think that you know he was on the spectrum or there was anything that anybody would consider wrong with him. Um, so Mark definitely succeeded in 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 raising son. Whatever problems or dread, worries or issues he he was concerned with early on um, have pretty much subsided by the time. You get to the end of the book. Uh, the, the last page is great because Oliver and Mark go out and have lunch. And um, Oliver's one of Oliver's teachers uh, sees them in the park. And uh, can't believe that Oliver is making eye contact and hugging people when he was much younger. He, he would never even consider doing that. He wouldn't look anybody in the eye. And uh, it was just, it was, it, it's, I'm, I'm not, to stop short and say it's a feel-good book i mean it's completely the opposite of uh a red room but it is a um it was one of those books where I, I i read it kind of straight through it it's uh it's not a um it's not a super long long book it's uh it's a little over it's not quite 150 pages um but yeah no just just seeing this relationship seeing oliver get a little older um and uh how it's it's more or less a story about about Mark about this dad th- than it is about Oliver. It, it's um, I mean it is it, it's the subtitled autism through a father's Eye, so it's right there. But yeah, no, I think I, 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 the story is well told, but but the art is absolutely uh, the art is what is what really kind of uh, made it worth my while. Made, made made me keep keep flipping the pages through, and and apparently it's uh, it's a winner of the disability fund and society award for best biography. So I don't know, um, if this is something that, uh, parents of autistic children should read or could read, or, or if, uh, if this is something that, you know, teachers who work with autistic students, um, could take something out of, but no, I think it was a, um, obviously there are, there are stories for all different sorts of people. Uh, since we're considering what we're talking about tonight but no i i uh i like this a lot I, i'm glad it was finally out um and i uh i, I definitely think it's one of those it, it's it's weird i don't think you know too many people are going to find it or or if if you ordered it it's probably because you wanted to read it i don't know too many people who were like yeah let me just find something to read and oh this is on my shelf finally i never got around to reading this but it it's it's something that i'm glad i i took the time to
1: uh to consume i dug it a lot I, I really do think people might get a kick out of it i kind of sort of take offense that you think i won't want to read this especially
2: after talk about the good asian i know you're right i need i i need to i should
1: couch that i should i should remove that term from uh but, from my uh do you know who this book is taylor made for who nina no shit Nina teaches autistic children. Every oh,
2: I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: okay. every day. day that, That's her thing. Oh, I would that do. Yeah, yeah and before. she comes home and um, she just, she regales us with stories about the things that these children do. And I and, would love
2: to know what she thinks of this. Oh, oh man, she just, it.
1: she just lights up. That is Nina's passion is to, to, uh, to be with these children every day and to help them, you know, at least make some sense out of, out of everything. Um, yeah, she's wonderful, but uh yeah, this would click uh, profoundly with Nina.
2: I th- and 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 he doesn't, you know, when when Oliver acts up or 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 uh gives that a hard time, you know, we don't really focus on any negativity. Like like Marcus stern with him and and you know, he's like, you know, we're not um like there are times where they were playing video games and and Oliver was getting upset because Mark was winning and, and, you know, Mark tells the reader that, you know, while, while Oliver's at school, he does take the time and uh, plays a little. So he's practicing while Oliver's at school. Uh, And he purposely went to lose one game. So this way Oliver could get, get a win. Um, And he accidentally, like just, just because of the way the games work and, and you don't know what your opponent's going to do. And I think it was a racing game. Um, You know, Oh no, that banana peel comes out of nowhere. And, and it's, you know, so, so, so Oliver loses again and, and that throws a huge fit. And, um, and, and, and dad, you know, dad absolutely, he, he doesn't, he punishes him. You know, he's like, this is, this is what's going to happen now. And, and, uh, Eddie, you know, and he's, he's not overbearing. He's, he's strict to a degree, um, but it's it ends up um being beneficial and and yeah you know, uh, there's a time where oliver when he's much younger when he's um a little more than a toddler he, he you know he's like he's frightened of like dust bunnies and and uh you know and, and mark ends up like putting surrounding him with dust bunnies until like he can overcome his fear and um it's it's just a uh it is. It's, I, I think it's, a, I mean, he gets rid of his television because, you know, it, it's a distraction. He doesn't want anything to uh, get in the way of, of his child's learning or, or, or getting better, if, if you want to say it that. But no, I, um, so yeah, so if, if if she gets a chance, if she, if she reads this, I, I'd, I'd love to know her take.
1: Yeah, the thing that makes me want to read it is the, uh, sit, uh, the sequence where you said that Oliver jumps in the mud puddle. Yep, and Dad looks at him and laughs, and then Oliver laughs, and uh, he the the father isn't applying a, a societal template on this kid where it's like, oh, you can't do that. That's not what people do, you know. Or or uh, D- God damn it, I have to take you home and clean you up, and it's you're going to dirty the car, and you're going to dirt. You know, it, he doesn't see it that way. He they're they're right in the moment. The kid is experiencing this joy of being in the mud puddle and the dad's just like giving them the thumbs up like you you be you that that's very important and um i i'm learning this from from nina where you know they have to experience the world on their own terms and you have to reinforce that you can't say this is the way quote real people are nor normal I, I don't even want to use that word but this is the way it's done in society you have to do it that way too screw that no you don't that that's why we're in the predicament we're in right
0: yeah i was going to say i think there's a lesson to be learned um in in seeing and understanding uh you know friends that parent that are parents of, of kids on the spectrum just it's it's i think we can all uh learn from from like you're saying how they handle uh their kids because cuz i can think of so many times especially with our our oldest, you know, we're, we're, when they're really young, you just like, you freak out, like you're making a mess or, Oh, you got, I can't do it that way. You know? And it's like, when I look back on it now, of course hindsight being 2020, 20, I think, man, like who gave a shit? Like, Same. like, what? Like, yeah. like who cares if the kid wants to make a mess while they're eating or, <laughs> you know, color out of the lines or, you know, like, you know, or what, whatever, right? Like it's just, it, 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 it is a lesson. I think unfortunately a lot of us kind of learn, as our kids get old enough to that no longer matters, and you think, like, and maybe that's why grandparents are so much cooler, <laughs> <laughs> because you, yes, you yeah. you're like you realize like a lot of the shit you worried about wasn't really it's exactly right. at all, yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, this definitely sounds like a book I would enjoy reading. So uh, yeah. I think you would, video. yeah.
1: First couple of I mean, weeks uh, on the job, Nina encountered this this child that was extremely violent. She'd come home with bruises all over her arms and yeah so- and he would go into the bathroom and put feces under his oh. finger under his fingernails oh, in, no. in hopes of scratching you and and oh, get, and getting you infected like this the kid's really smart, but he's uh, he was he was with her very very violent and and uh unresponsive. he's her best friend now I mean in class she got to him and and i guess in her willingness to just take him for what he is and and try and you know find that that common ground between the two of them i don't i mean she could explain it better than i can but i mean she reached out to him and he reached back and not because she tried to change him i mean yeah she told him like that's really not cool dude trying to get somebody infected but uh he, they've both developed this this rapport with each other where um he's not nearly as disruptive as he was and i mean he still is to a certain extent but they they overlook each the the things in each other that they don't understand and they just meet on an even keel i think that's what that 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 sequence is with the mud puddle that's that's great that's that's awesome i mean i I wish i wish i could do that there's been many times when i'm like you know, what the frick are you doing? You can't do that. You're making a mess or or you're up till four o'clock in the morning, like who gives a shit? It's it's just about life and 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 just living in it, right? I don't know. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well dad, what were you gonna say before I jumped in there?
2: Um No, I don't
1: I don't uh
2: yeah no it was important
1: all right well this is a good segue really good segue because um we're we're talking in a sense of um what constitutes ridiculous like when we say man that that shit's just ridiculous uh what are we really saying well the the, whatever we're witnessing doesn't play to convention right it doesn't walk the 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 way uh culture you know uh, expects it to walk or it doesn't act in certain ways that have you know when we can pigeonhole something and expect it to to be a certain thing uh and it doesn't turn out that way like why are you wearing a flower pot on your head that's ridiculous right people don't do that uh it just means it doesn't uh subscribe to to convention and i think that's why i like manga a lot because you know manga can get pretty weird and and ridiculous, right? Um, just from my experience, mangaka seem to be much more willing to 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 make what the comic should be ridiculous. Axiom, right? Um, anybody who's read One Piece knows this, right? You got off kilter characters and outlandish concepts and just plain silly situations at times, right? We we've, we've all experienced this joy of of the anything goes approach. At least to me, it's that's a joyful thing when when uh something does not uh play to conventions. Um uh, well th- this book I read does <laughs> uh it it's yeah, uh the author just says hold my beer because I'm going to get super fucked up and weird and just out out uh, way out in left field um so much so that when i finished the book i just sat there as you know just just tapping my fingers together just thinking what in the holy hell did i read (laughs) what the hell did i read uh so you know not to belabor the point but it's written and illustrated by Q hayashida and you may not have Heard the name, but you've heard, uh, if you have Netflix, you've heard of his, his, uh, uh, at least the anime, uh, adaption of one of his series. It's, uh, Doro Hedoro, which is very popular on the Netflix. Um, this thing was published by Seven Seas and it's called Die Dark, uh, Volume One. Uh, it's. You're just... I'm going to tell you what this thing is about. and You're going to be like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, it, it it opens in the void. Outer space, right? And you got this this junk trawler just searching for detritus. Just picking up crap wherever they can, selling it, whatever. Uh, and and it, it, the first page is an indication of what you're going to get. Because when I say spaceship, you're probably thinking... Um, you know, something out of either Star Wars or Aliens, something that looks like, you know, it, the typical depiction of a spaceship or something that could traverse the void of space. This thing looks like a jagged stack of melting blocks of spoiled cream cheese. That's the only way I can put it. It looks like gooey, messy blocks or, you know, rectangular blocks just... Stacked willy nilly on each other. It doesn't look like a spaceship. It looks like you know, it's it's weird, uh, very odd. Anyway, um, they find something out of the ordinary. There's a human floating in space. Uh, th- th- his, his spacesuit's all ragged and and covered in blood. And it, 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 inside the helmet, there's massive hemorrhaging where the the inside of the helmet's all coated with blood. And this this person is is looking looking very very dead right so they they bring him in throw him on a table and and i'm not going to describe the crew yet i'll get there they uh they notice his backpack and for some reason they call the backpack a paggy p-a-g-g-y i i I don't know um and and the backpack uh, features a design that would make h.r giger proud it's an assemblage of black bones that 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 wrap around the man's upper torso, and, and it, the the pack is topped off by a skull that has a handle attached to the head. Uh, so the captain and, and this this thing is a bloated monstrosity. It has three heads, all all speak. All interact, but the heads are like belted together by a strap, um, and he—he's and he, so big and fat that apparently he can't walk, and he floats around in this this contraption, kind of like Baron Harkonnen from from Dune, right? This just big, pustulant disgusting guy. But the captain has a funny feeling about this guy, <clears throat> who, by the way, is not dead. He's not dead. He was floating in space. They, they, they go to take the helmet off, and whoosh, the, the, the bubble, the, the bowl of the helmet just recedes, and it's all bleeding and shit, and the captain's like, oh, man, I, I think I know who this is. This is Zaha Senko. Turns out there's a legend about this guy. He's cursed. Um, the scuttlebutt is that if you possess his bones... They'll grant you any wish you want. You want to rule the universe? Sankel's bones can make that happen. I I don't know how, but they can. <laughs> so so they strip the Zaha down to his his black tattered underwear, and they put him on ice until he dies. Captain's like, I'm all get the bones. I'm gonna be head honcho. This is gonna be awesome. So the crew goes to sleep, and the captain sleeps. Suspended in a giant bubble of some kind of gelatin-like substance. <laughs> he's, just, and he's got tiny little legs. No wonder he can't walk because he's so big. He's got tiny little legs and these little tiny feet. Um, he's, too much, he's too big. His legs can't support his weight. Uh, so while they're all sleeping, the pack that they took off, they took from Zaha Sanko, it springs to life. Did you ever see American Werewolf in London? You probably, you sure have, right? Yeah. Remember the, oh, yeah. tra- the transformation scene where, uh, the fa- that famous transformation scene where the the, the, the the fingers and the bones and the body extends and the jaw pooches out? The pack springs to life. Like the, the bones extend, um, the midsection rises, uh, and, and there's just like this jelly like transparent goo around the midsection it's really really strange uh and the pack is anthropomorphic it's alive and its name is Avakian. and he's going to rescue his buddy and he does he he rescues Zaha Senko from the 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 uh the junk dealers um i don't want to give too much of his book away because i, I think a lot of the charm comes from the, the WTF surprises it has in store for someone who experiences it for the, for the first time. But in, in, in hopes of wetting your whistle, it's wall-to-wall bloodshed and carnage. Like when, when shit hits the fan and Sanko has to defend himself, Avakian's head tips back. Right, and his jaw dislocates, detaches. And this, this metal carriage thing extends from his throat and it, it's 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 cradling a black bone. And he can shoot the bone to wherever Sanko is, and, and Sanko catches the bone and lifts the bone over his head and he says, Come, dark flesh. And the bone turns into a black bladed hatchet. And if he cuts you with it, <laughs> if he manages to connect with the axe, your flesh will just flee your body. It just falls off your body explosively. Like skin blah, just hits the floor. Your eyes bug out. Like uh, Your entrails. You, you ever use those little popper things on the 4th of July, the little bottles, and you pull a string, poof, all the, the, the streamers pop out of them. Your guts will do that, like boom, just just blow all over the place, right? Uh, he, he, they're powered by this something called dark flesh, right? And, and the, obviously the two of them are not from around these parts, right? Their home base is in another dimension, and the dimension's called Darknest, the sunless world, and it's straight out of Lovecraft. HP would be friggin' proud of this cosmic, mind blowing horror. Right, you try and wrap your mind around it, and you're just going to go insane. Um, the place is only accessible through black holes. So there's a point in the story where they're going home, they're like, ah, let's go home, and they're like, oh, look, there's a black hole. Now these are, this is a guy, a human being, apparently, in space, and he just jumps into a black hole, just woo. Get and you see the the spiral and their bodies are being extended and and they're you know it's like riding a water park ride and and the thing Sanko's a bone collector. Be after they killed all the crew of the the junk trawler, they take all their bones and their viscera and their body parts and shit, because in Dark Nest, bones and all that the the stuff of the dead is currency. I, I got nothing. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> like what it, it's it's extremely outrageous. It's 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 like it, I can just imagine si- sitting down and trying to all right, I'm gonna, all right, here I'm here's my new series. This is what I'm coming up with. Like to get all these things together. And and this spills out into the character design too. It it's almost as if um uh, as a huge Fan of William Burroughs, right? Burroughs had a technique called the cut-up technique, where he would he would let something—the universe, or or, or, or chance, or, or just some kind of cosmic connection between you and this yet to be conceived piece of art—he would let whatever it is seep in, and he would randomly pick words and and string them together and. That's what it feels like to me. Like the character design is insane. And, and it reminds me a lot of what Johnny Ryan did with Prison Pit. This, this whole book reminds me of Prison Pit. Because, um, you know, Cannibal Fuckface, right? That's not typical character design. Um, there, there's a character in this thing called Shimada Death. And he's a soul eater. when he kills you, Your soul turns into a turkey leg, like (laughs) not 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 a not a not a like amusement park turkey leg, but the shape of the soul as it exits the body, it's shaped like a turkey leg, and the 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 head of it, you know, you see the skull in the head of it, and he grabs the leg by the quote handle, and he just uh, he eats souls like turkey legs, and and he he's this giant six-eyed Uh, he's got six eyes spiky creature um in a robe with a pointy again it just seems like random concepts just slam together to make this character that on you know in 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 accepted modes of creation or conventional it it would be like that's friggin' ridiculous and it doesn't make any sense but this whole book doesn't make any sense I mean, I'm sure it does on some level with the the uh, you know Hayashina, but it's it's just so off the beaten track that I fell in love with it. Like I, there's no way I couldn't love this. Uh, and and that Shimada death, um, Sanko can absorb or or, or um, shrug off a whole lot of damage. Like like there's a bunch of characters who try to get get him and uh they fire projectiles at him and guns and they they slice at him and nothing seems to to bring him down like he could take a lot of damage and this Shimada death just bats him away just get out of here you're in my way and um he knows who he is he knows uh sanko has that that curse with the with the, the bones and um He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you. yeah. And he's like, Sanko's like, well, you're not going to kill me? You just killed everybody around you. You're not going to kill me? He's like, nah, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, maybe we'll run into each other someday. And Sanko's like, huh? huh I, I, I like this person. He develops kind of a crush on him because Avakian's uh, just like, oh, maybe we'll run into your buddy, Shimada debt. Like, he's, you know, there's a little bit of little bit of hurt feelings going on the pack is is displaying hurt feelings <laughs> what am i saying <laughs> it's just so weird um there, there's a pair of murderous midgets that have buckets <laughs> buckets for heads
0: <laughs>
1: their heads are buckets complete with handles mm. yeah and, and they they're they're trying to blow the hell out of of sanko and it just he keeps shrugging it off and the uh he gets them with the dark flesh and they just explode. Their guts just go everywhere. Um, but it's, it's gothic, love, crafty, and chaos. Um, and like I said, if, if you clicked with Prison Pit, you're going to love this because it's, it first volume, it's, it's kind of more of the same. It's just, um, manipulation of characters in these wild, um, situations for the purpose of what i can discern just crazy carnage and 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 just the icky wet splattery stuff i love this book yep i'm and, and i'm so glad that it's a series of which this is the first volume because we're going to get much much more like uh doro Hidoro's really strange um uh, i think it's conceptually rich but this even outweirds Doro Hidoro, <laughs> yeah. Have you watched the uh, the cartoon? No. Not yet. Yet. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty it's pretty crazy. But th- like I said, this is this he Hayashi is like, hold my beer. I'm, I'm you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> uh, I absolutely adored this thing. Yeah, uh, and the art is super super uh, scratchy. Super. Um, it's well, obviously it's it's in the title. It's very very dark. But the the line work, I just think, is just beautiful. Laid back, just uh, uh, amazing. It just connected on on a whole bunch of levels with me. So if you're looking for something really strange that you're going to have, like there's no elevator pitch for this book. You can't. There's not a one line that encapsulates the whole thing. Like, young man has a curse where his bones can grant wishes and defends himself from outlandish characters. Like, okay, that really doesn't describe it. Uh, you really need to to jump in head first and just experience this thing. I left a whole bunch out a lot because i don 't want to ruin it but um yeah, check it out dark or die dark volume one uh, q hayashida it 's just amazing yeah sounds bananas and mm-hmm. it, it's it's the whole bunch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is the whole like my head 's just going to tip back and this metal thing is going to pop out and here 's a bone for you. Like what? What? Yeah, and that's the kind of creation I like, where they don't say why. the The, the creator says, "Why not? Why, why shouldn't I do this?" Right? Comics should be ridiculous, and this is pretty freaking ridiculous. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Does not take itself seriously, which is awesome. Add a boy. Love it. Yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not entirely sure either of you would enjoy it.
0: <laughs> I mean it you make it sound interesting, but you know,
1: I often struggle with the with the manga um like stick like giving it a real try. I didn't even get into describing uh Sanko. Uh I don't know why he chooses to dress like he does in the book. Um there there's a, a little bit of his formative years. Where he uh, he didn't want anybody to, to n- he didn't go by the name you know Sanko because then the the uh, the legend would uh, expose itself. So he picks the name um, Meatball Spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> because that's what it, he likes to eat: sandwiches with uh, meatballs and spaghetti in it. But um, so say we all right. But he just the the, the, the character design. He has a hood. On his on his head that he's got it's just a white hood and really dark sunken eyes and this tattered robe and just people just look at him just like oh okay it's Sanko. All right. Like everybody dresses like that. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. It's so freaking good. Yep, the first volume is thirteen ninety nine, and it is two hundred and ten twelve pages. Yeah. And it's neat because it's not the typical crap-ass paper that Ooh. you know. It's it's got a it's more white. There's a little bit. It's been bleached, so um, and it's a little thicker than than regular uh, well the average or a typical manga uh, volume. It's it's nicer paper and there, there's uh, spot varnish on the cover front and back. Yeah, just get it. Tell just don't question me. Just get it. You'll love it. Just get it, y'all. Just get it. Yeah. Listen to them. the man. Yep. never He knows what he speaks of. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, after five decades, if you can surprise me, you got me. Yeah. Says the old man. Whatever. <laughs> so what else do we have? Gotta be more. Yeah,
0: I, I don't need to go deep on this, but I do want to shout it out because I I have to say it's it's got me surprised. Uh, Nightwing number eighty came out, so now we're three issues into Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo's run. Nice, and you uh, know, you're I spoke loving to seven, this. About seventy eight, saying a lot of people said give it a try. I tried it and I liked it. I was going to stick with it. So good. Yeah, I, I I just am really enjoying it, and and it's it's something you just file under really nothing that we've talked about tonight, which is to say it's just well done straightforward surface level superhero comics. Redondo is a very clean line straightforward artist. You know, I don't think he's a risk taker, but I think what he does do he does a good job doing. And I think Taylor's he's got me really interested in 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 Dick. He's also got me haha. <laughs> <laughs> he's also got me uh, you know, like I think he so far all the characters ring true. Barbara, Tim. um, Yeah, I just, and, you know, I love this. I love the setup that was caused by Alfred's death. And I just, uh, so far, so good. It's just been a lot of fun. Um, Just, just one of those comics that's a, a joy to read. It's quick and get in, get out. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not sitting there thinking about that, this book in the ways that I'm, I was thinking about Red Room or, 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 you know, something like I talked about last week. But, but just really, really good job. And, Hey, he's got me reading the Nightwing book. So yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It, 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 there's no heavy lifting. It's and and whether it's it's uh, just you know of Verba walking through the park, or it's Nightwing just gliding through the air after jumping off a, a skyscraper. It just it all looks so good, and and I I uh, I'm really happy with the art. The um, the setup is is, is great because it's just I mean we've seen it's. You know, there's there, there's only so many things you can do with certain characters, like Daredevil. Like, like they, they want to do something crazy with with, with Spider-Man, like making him CEO or something, and something with Nightwing where you know he's still the core of the character is still the same. It's just there's there's an added layer now based on this death in the family and 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 these opportunities uh, available to Dick Grayson and and. Uh, you know, it's solid supporting cast, and the uh, the setup with with the potential baddies it's it's it, it was a great jumping on point. I'm 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 really happy with uh, with what they're doing with the book. Yep.
0: Yeah, and, and and it's it's an interesting move that they didn't change the numbering, right? Yeah. Because in today's world, it's you know I think you have to like be much more apt to get people to just pick it up and give it a shot if it was Nightwing number one. Volume, whatever. so. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. What say you gentlemen? We got anything else or you want to bring this baby home?
2: I think, uh, I know it's late, but yeah, we, we, uh, we started the show proper a little later
1: than usual. I mean, we can, how long are your, uh, your travels? Oh, I got a good chunk. For my travels, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As, as usual, right? Hey, people. What do you know? This episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com gets you the books you want at the prices you want to pay. For example, from Dark Horse, Savage Hearts number 1 will get, you can pay $1.99. Uh, Bermuda number 1 from IDW is going to cost you a paltry two dollars and 49 cents that's half off and from scout comics woohoo count draco knuckle duster number one of five is only going to cost you a dollar 99 it's like it's 1980 it's amazing dcpservice.com this is is not uh i'm just gonna go to the old fallback which is comics review uh, because I love it and I think it's um it's one of those books that uh I think everyone should read, although a lot won't, because it's it's uh it's not well, it's comic strips, right? All collected in chunks. Um but uh this is this is the cream, people. Um it's the really, really good stuff. Um, waylay your bias if you have any on comic strips and just try this. I think you'll like it. But um, one of the things that I got out of this issue is one of the things I get out of every issue was that Milt uh, Kniff was a uh, true legend, a giant. Um, And I'm, of course, talking about Steve Canyon. Uh, Kniff's stuff is like uh, smelling salts to me. Right, Steve Canyon in particular. The more of his work uh, I'm exposed to, and I've only read about half of it, because Kniff was on Steve Canyon for over forty years. That's a that's a good stretch. Like we, we got guys these days that kick out twelve issues, and like it was like whoa, you know that was a, a monumental achievement. Forty freaking years mm-hmm. on on one strip. Um, that's a lot of panels, man, and it's a lot of storytelling, um, and, and, but, but uh, my point being, the more I'm exposed to his work, the, the higher he leaps on my list of all-time favorites. Uh, I, I think the guy was incomparable, just an amazing, amazing storyteller, not only a great storyteller um, in terms of the narrative, but visually, I think he's, he's just impeccable. Um, but this, this um, story, or, or this segment of Steve Canyon, uh, was published April 11th to May 8th, 1976. So it's bicentennial year, right? And uh, if you've done your, your uh, uh, Kniff uh, research, you'll know what a patriot he was. Super, super patriot. Like America, flag-waving America all the way and um so this this takes place during the bicentennial and it doesn't focus on steve canyon he's not even in it until the last maybe panel when kniff is setting the groundwork for the the story that would come after this is all about poteet canyon a- and i have an a- an almost unhealthy uh obsession with poteet canyon um that's if you don't know uh Potite was Steve Canyon's uh beautiful young ward um but the, the the character's origin varies depending on who you ask like some say she was Steve's cousin she wasn't Steve's cousin um uh, the the truth of it is uh at least from what i've read is that the Potite was abandoned as a baby and found where else in Potete, Texas, near a canyon. So the orphanage at which she eventually landed used what little data they had to name her. And since Steve was based in San Antonio, which is not far from Potete, they mistakenly put two and two together and they assumed that they were related. They're not, Um, though Steve did become her legal guardian. Uh, as the strip progressed but in this arc poteet's a journalist right and she's working uh, her way up at this newspaper uh the high city herald small town newspaper and because it's a small town um and she's very very visible um she's somewhat of a local celebrity like everybody knows her everybody enjoys her writing they trust her and all that is is depicted in the strip um The men are all soft on her because she's gorgeous. All the women want to be her. But to her credit, Potete doesn't use any of that to further her career. She's honest to a fault, right? Um, And because of that, she's thrown headlong into an emotional turmoil because she receives a job offer. This uh, woman, Virgilia Downspout, right? That's a great name. Uh, She's this big city editor. Uh, and she got deep pockets, and she's starting a magazine, right, uh, that's targeted to Poteet's age group, and, and she wants her on staff. And she, Poteet doesn't know the big city life, She's, she, but how could she disregard this offer, right? She, she wants to be a, a journalist, and she's doing it, and she's climbing that ladder, but this could be th- the ticket to a wider audience and, and to, to really flourish doing what she loves to do. She's outgrown the small town, and she knows she's meant for more, and everybody around her knows she's meant for more. But she still has the the roots in this, this little tiny community, right? Um, and that's just what the story's about. It's simple, right? The, this young girl is growing up. And and she's offered a chance to do what she always wanted to do, but she doesn't want to say goodbye to her past, right? Um, her managing editor, Mike, this this jarhead-looking guy, wears he's very straight-laced. He wears his his shirts buttoned all the way up to the top with a you know he's with a nice little bow tie, and he's very proper and he's very gruff and 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 matter of fact, and um, he knows it's time for her to move on. But he's secretly in love with her, and vice versa, and and it, the story is is basically about leaving things unsaid, right? Um, one of the characters, long running characters in in Steve Canyon, was a young lady named Bitsy Beekman, and Poteet and Bitsy shared a lot of panels together. Like they have a a, a lot of adventures during the course of of Steve Canyon and kniff they're, they're they're going to say goodbye um bitsy's a pilot and Potit doesn't ask her to fly her to the big city she, she gets on a plane and that that was kind of like a, a slight to to bitsy like why isn't my my best friend asking me to to take her where she's to the next part of her life like she's just she's just leaving me here and um kniff does this great montage where he takes uh scenes from all their adventures and he does a a bunch of panels with just a montage of all these old uh events from from past storylines and it's just like you know when the screen goes all jiggly and it goes into the past and you see all these uh, uh the history of these two characters and then it fades into the future and she just gets on the plane and and leaves and that's how it ends like she just goes to the next phase of her life not saying you know love you, thanks for all the, the, you know, for being there, nothing, none of that, she keeps it very close to the vest, and it's just, it's, isn't that life, right, like this, again, this does not conform to what you would expect, a tearful goodbye to be, or or Mike to run after the the plane saying, you know, no, no, don't leave, I love you, like, none of that, this is just somebody leaving their old life behind, and, and, and progressing to a next stage, and it's awesome, it's just, it's, it's, fantastic stuff but you know uh kniff was uh in in every major newspaper in the country and he had a a very very sizable audience and a lot of this um is is, not a lot of it but there are moments where he resorts to to cheesecakiness right like like uh, Poteet's in her in her room and she's she's deliberating whether to go or not and she's in a nighty you know and then he 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 has one panel where she's she's brushing her teeth and she's in a sheer nighty and she has like undergarments on underneath it. and it's very very sexy but it doesn't i don't think it it does the story any service we know Potit's beautiful we don't I, I you know i don't think we need to be shown that fact every, or or reinforced the, that that thing every every time but again he was a mainstream comic strip artist who had a massive audience so he's just i guess he's just playing to the the strengths or or playing to the people who read him i don't know but i mean it's not it's not obscene or excessive it's just uh, like it, it took me a little by surprise that in this really quaint little emotional narrative that you had her just laying around in it but i mean people do lay around in 90s so i don't know um yeah it's it it like i said it just it 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 distracted me from what you know the point of the story because petite's gorgeous and um no but uh if if, if you are um uh, needing some knif in, in your life get um comics review because The hardcovers, a lot of them are out of print. Like IDW did a a Steve Canyon reprint uh, endeavor. And you can't get, you can only get a handful of them. I think some of them go for like hundreds of dollars because they're out of print. Like they've been trying to reprint them, but they're really slow. Because I can't imagine, you know, the people who peruse previews are like, oh man, Steve Canyon, got to get it, you know, which is sad. But uh, yeah, I I just think he's he's a, a giant. I I would put him up there with uh, with the best of the best. Yeah, I, I think he would give Jack a run for his money, and he did, right? So uh, yeah, Comics Review. It's awesome. It's not the only thing in there. Phantom, uh, Alley Oop, uh, Flash Gordon, lots of great stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah,
2: love it. Um mine's going to be kind of uh maybe on the shortish side because there's a lot happens that uh you kind of want to see or experience it for for yourself. But Green Lantern number two, um I, I really I wasn't expecting it to kind of go in this direction. Jeffrey Thorne uh, Dexter Soy and Marco Santucci on art. I kind of like Marcos pages a little more um, nothing wrong with Dexter stuff, but based on the um the subject matter and what I'm used to with 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 my comics um, I'm liking Santucci's line. Uh, Alex Sinclair on covers on colors so there's um you know there was there was a death that happened in the first issue uh, so there's a bit of a funeral in the second issue uh there's also a massive fight with the dragon um so guy gets to do some fighting but um there is a uh I'm going to say it's it's um <laughs> It, it, it reminds me of something that happened in the post-crisis days, but uh, immediately following crisis. But um, maybe not everybody's read that or familiar with it. So it's it's interesting to see them kind of make these big moves, um, that the Guardians make a move like this uh, with the Lanterns. And I, I, I was, like I said, I was quite surprised um Wish I could have seen a little bit more team lantern in this, but she's and, and she's here but she's just not not for, she's not the focus uh, but the um, the last page um, completely uh, had me grinning like, like like a freaking idiot even though it the last page follows um, a pretty catastrophic event uh it it's yeah they, they're in the ground running minute they're not they're not uh it kind of feels like it's its own thing which is great you know that not everything right now that, that, that i'm reading from dc it's all so connected into everything uh the titles like like nightwing for example they, they kind of be they seem to even though there are threads going on with the rest of the universe, the, 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 the titles that I'm reading tend to kind of be, um, standalone doing, doing their own thing. Uh, like the X-Men in the eighties where, you know, you could just read the one X-Men book, or maybe also X-Factor and new mutants. And, and they were all doing their own thing. You knew they were all part of one corner, but, but you didn't have to also read anything until fall of mutants or something happens. But, uh, there's, um, because of the united planets other th- that's a domino effect that uh that 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 affects uh the lanterns after the guardians kind of make the their decisions so yeah i thought i thought, uh, thought say, I, I i was digging the first issue and 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 was looking forward to the direction but with the second i um I'm um I'm, I'm now more uh i guess excited to see what uh what what they're planning on doing so yeah in your travels green lantern nice sididi
0: sididi <laughs> uh yeah in your travels check out the many deaths of Layla star uh the second issue dropped this week it's uh, published by boom studios written by rom v with art by felipe andrade uh yeah, it's a, it's a pretty groovy book. Um it's it's a mythology book. Uh but it deals with uh Indian um deities which is something we don't get to see as often as we do say the Norse or the Greek or what have you. Uh and the premise is pretty cool. Basically the idea of the uh the Indian pantheon of gods is reimagined into a bit of a corporate setting and um Kali, the goddess of of death, is doing her thing, feeling on top of the world, until she uh, goes in to uh, meet with Brahma, who is the CEO, and he's like, "Yeah, um, we're doing some cuts around here, and uh, there's a kid that's uh, just been born, and he's going to uh, he's going to end death uh, in the future. He's going to create uh, immortality for humans. So, uh, best of luck to you." And fires Kali, and so she's uh she's no longer the goddess of death doesn't know, doesn't know what she's going to do with herself, um, but uh, gets made mortal to to have a mortal life, and she uh, ends up inhabiting the body of this uh, attractive young woman named Layla, who uh, who f- falls to her death, and 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 uh, just as Kali is needing a vessel, and so uh, rather than dying after falling six stories, she. Uh, you know, gets up off the ground and is like, what up, people? Uh, And and it's 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 her first two issues are are about Layla kind of uh, trying to come to terms with with uh, being a mortal and with uh, being a mortal, not immortal, being a mortal uh, and no longer, you know, being being the avatar of death, living in Mumbai and deciding whether she should or will do anything to Darius, who's this child who, it's been foretold will eventually end death, um, and it's it's just a fun series. Andrade is, I've always loved his art. He draws these really in this book. He goes for a really thin, uh, um, angular look for the people. It's it's almost like what you'd see in a like a fashion, like a, a high fashion sketchbook type of thing. Um and the book is actually um narrated not by Layla, by Kali, but by the god of, of life who seems to be in a habit of resurrecting Layla as she you know, it, it would stand a reason if you're a god but you're nice to being human, you also don't you you tend to overestimate your ability to not die because <laughs> you forget how fragile human bodies are. Uh, and he, because these, it's it's his sister, even though he's not supposed to, he keeps resurrecting her. Uh, hence the many deaths of Leila Starr. But uh, it's like, dude, I can't keep doing this. Like at some point, Brahma's going to be on my ass for this. But uh, yeah, it's it's a quirky book. It's weird. I, I again, I've always been a fan of 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 uh, of of mythology when it comes to different pantheonics. So I'm I'm all for delving into the, the uh the Indian lore a bit and uh it's a great visual way to do it and yeah I'm all for it. So uh many deaths of Layla Starr by Boom Studios. Like I said, two issues are out on them stands already.
2: Dig it.
1: Yeah, it does sound good.
0: Yeah, dude, Kali's she's I gotta say I found Kali hotter when she had when she had blue skin and six arms than I find her in her human form but she's attractive in either either way Andrade doesn't know how to draw an unattractive woman
1: (laughs) she she's the spiral of the the indian pantheon Yes. yes there you go all right people hey thank you for being here one more time uh if you are so inclined check out our presences on the socials we got some facebook and reddit and Instagram and Twitter going on all the damn time. If you would like to see what the Patreon is about, you can tiptoe over there, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Always something fun going on. In the meantime, do yourself a super solid and say good night. <laughs> I'm dancing, but you can't see it. So it's. Wasted, right, Jason? Absolutely. Yeah, David.
2: Oh, right. That's almost like the Guy Fieri three two one two, one, go" thing. i uh, saying Jason's name in case you mm-hmm. think someone's gonna say David. But good night. Such a cheater.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you
1: can just see I'm him gonna pull, dance.
0: You can see him pulling out his watch from the fob, and just. <laughs>
1: No, he doesn't have to pull it out. He has an app on the, the iPad or something. Or, yeah, see? Or he's got like this this super, really, uh, he, the, what, do you, what do you call it when you set your time on the, on the galactic clock? Like he's, he has this timepiece that is just precision out the wazoo. Easy. And he's like, he sets it, and he, he doesn't have to set it, he just looks at it, and it goes, ding, okay, yeah. go. Yep, motherfucker. It's ridiculous. (laughs) We love you people. We'll be back. Get out of here. Later.
2: Bye. That's it for that one.